Welcome to the Weekly Warrior Podcast, where we are forging genuine human connection through fitness, health, mindset, and nutrition. Let's get to the show with your hosts, Jared Bradford, Connor Edelbrock, and Corey Mueller. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Weekly Warrior Podcast. And on today's episode, I'm joined by my friend Bones, who is wonderful and has a beautiful mustache. Bones, are you happy to be here? Pig and shit, man. (laughs) That's a great, that's a great euphemism. Yeah. Happy as a pig and shit. Well, let's get ready, because we are going to uncork this episode of the weekly warrior podcast we're gonna we're gonna let down our hair a little bit on this one we don't we do this a couple times a year where we we just get to have fun we talk about kind of whatever we want and we drink a little whiskey and we just enjoy it so that's what we're doing today bones what are you uh what are you drinking over there i'm drinking some old granddad i have to say where it's more like we're letting our mustaches down yes you know you don't got no hair anyone that is watching the YouTube is going to be surprised to see that I no longer have a beard because I will be reporting to the law Academy portion of my ranger position on Monday. So I had to shave down (laughs) everything, everything really everything. Yeah. I mean, eyebrows are coming off tomorrow. So, well, (laughs) you know, yeah, I'm drinking old, uh, old granddad. Uh, yeah, it's called old granddad. It's bonded. So bottled and bond. Um, yeah, bottled and bond. I remember what that means. Uh, and it's good. It's good. I like it. It tastes yeah. like whiskey, and it's good. I've never actually had Old Granddad. I know a lot of people like it, but I've never had it. I am it's solid, actually. Yeah, it's good. Woodford Reserve Double Oaked. This is a single barrel store pick from Cork and Ale in Midland, Michigan. Whenever I see Woodward Reserve, I think of Mufford and Sons. Why is that? It's kind of like... Uh, I don't know. It sounds highfalutin. Like Mumford and Sons sounds kind of highfalutin. So mm. does Woodford Reserve. Like Mumford and Sons drinks Woodford Reserve. <laughs> ah, yeah, that is a good reason. Thank you. Yeah, I, that's it's, that sounds right. We also, if you remember correctly, there was a time where, in our younger days, we consumed an entire bottle of Woodford Reserve in one night. We did. <laughs> that's why you don't remember. <laughs> Literally, when it was, was a this night college in Reed City. Oh my god, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, okay, so we don't talk about that. Yeah, we stopped, uh, we bought, I remember we bought it at the liquor store and consumed yeah, but, all of it. Uh-huh. And that's, that's Early in happened. the day we did, and then it was gone by, you know, like 12 hours later it was gone. <laughs> yes, responsible binge drinking, of course. So, yeah. So as nice. I was saying, we're going to let our hair down, and coming with letting our hair down, you know what that means, Bones? Mm-hmm. Yep. It's time for some good fucking news. Good fucking news. Yes. I know you like good fucking news. And we all need good fucking news at this point in our lives. It's always welcomed. So we're going to talk about pancakes. You ready to talk about pancakes? Yeah, I like pancakes. So there's a man in San Francisco. He's described as nervous and self-conscious and was looking to make new friends. So his wife, 
convinced him to host a Saturday morning pancake party, and he ended up starting a new neighborhood tradition. So he was concerned because when you start a you know free book club or you start a sporting community, people wouldn't join. But everyone would come for free homemade pancakes. Curtis Campbell, who is the owner of the Creme Brulee Cart, put up comical flyers around his San Francisco neighborhood, which read, My wife says I'm getting weird. She says I need to make new friends, so I'm making pancakes. It was a huge hit, which surprised Campbell. He didn't, he didn't think anyone was going to show up. And this guy who, like I said, is described as nervous and self-conscious, ended up serving 185 pancakes to over 75 people, uh, which is wild. He posted a picture of the pancakes. They look amazing. Just saying. Um, and so now he's hoping to continue to do this in other neighborhoods around San Francisco to expand his social circle beyond his own zip code. And <laughs> the coolest part about this is he's hoping to start Saturday morning pancake parties across the entire country. And I'll tell you what, I'm down for a Saturday morning pancake party. Yeah. I love Saturday. I mean, I love Saturday mornings. I love pancakes. I mean, I mean, it's, it's, it's funny that story because he's described as nervous and unsocial or whatever. And his wife was like, yeah, you're starting to get weird. So like at what point he must've been really going off the edges. It's a weird idea. Yeah, it is a weird idea. Right. And to bring a community together in such a way, I mean, he already owned a business where he was creating good food. So he combined that with free people are going to show up. (laughs) Yeah. So For what sure. a way to bring community together. It's awesome. Yeah. Fantastic. Um, let me, let me, speaking of uh, free, not free, but uh, food and community and uh, mustaches and, and stuff like that. I'm wearing my Apsy Farm shirt. Yeah. You got your Star Wars shirt. And yeah. uh, just want to say, appreciate you, Kyle and Apsy Farms for sending it out to me in California way. What else did they send in your, in your little meat box? Yeah. I got a nice care package. There was some uh, beef, Sticks, beef sticks, uh, some sort of jerky, and uh, haven't tried them yet, but we're gonna we're gonna crack them open tonight and uh, give a couple a try. So appreciate they you. Uh, they went through a lot of effort to get a box out to you guys. We Kyle and I were working on that. They don't ship to California because it's just it's a long way to send perishable goods, even if they're you know frozen solid. And so we had to work out like, wait, what can we send to California? Because Bones needs some product. He needs some meat in his mouth. I'm happy to say. You're going to have meat in your mouth tonight. Yeah, and I'm, I'm just fucking a pig and shit about having the meat in my mouth that you guys are responding. You guys help get meat in my mouth. And there's, every good friend should put meat in their other friend's mouth yeah. every now and then. Even if you have to go over a couple mountain ranges, right? travel those mountain ranges to give them your seed. I mean, the meat in your, your mouth. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Apsy Farms has a slogan. Uh, they say, meat raised right. Yeah. And I like to say, anytime I get... Uh, uh, like a meat box from them. I'll post it on Instagram and I'll put it in my story and I'll say, Apsy Farms, you can raise my meat right anytime. <laughs> hmm. I'll get behind that. <laughs> so, speaking of Apsy Farms, make sure you go to their website, apsyfarms.com. It's A-P-S-E-Y dot com. Apsyfarms.com. Mm-hmm. When you go to check out, use code WARRIOR10 for a 10% discount on your first 
order. It's good for you. It's good for the planet. It's good for your family. It's a good decision. And we need more of those these days. Yeah, so quit fucking around making bad decisions at Meyer. <laughs> exactly. Okay. They ship to 40 states all across the country, and it's worth it. And if you don't live in a place that Apsy Farms will ship to you, or you'd, you'd prefer to go and meet your local meat, which I do, go to eatwild.com and find your local pastured farm. And I tell you what, there's nothing better than going to pet your little cows, and then when you eat them, it tastes a lot better. All right. Yeah, I appreciate that for sure. <laughs> like a pig in shit, right? <laughs> That's great. Yeah, Apsy Farms doing great things. They truly are. They're revolutionizing meat. They put meat in Bones' mouth. So anyway, mm-hmm. Bones. Yeah. Here's what we're talking about today. Letting our hair down. And we're going to discuss the state of Star Wars. We do <laughs> this episode. You keep saying letting our hair down. It's just fucking Okay, sorry. I love it. Because, well, I'm let, I let my hair down. It's on the floor. It's gone All the way forever. Down. All of it. Um. Every year since we started the podcast, we have done a Star Wars-themed episode. Bones and I are big Star Wars fans. We watched a lot of Star Wars when we were in college. And uh, so we talk about the goings-on and some feelings about Star Wars. So, Well, don't be bashful. We're the president of the National Society of Star Wars. Mm, yes. Uh, so we do a state of Star Wars as any good presidents do. Um, it's like State of the Union. It's actually one of our more, more popular episodes. Yeah, yeah. So we're going to start off with something recent. So the Book of Boba Fett just ended. So we're going to do our weekly warrior version uh, of a wrap-up on that series. What did you think about it? Yeah, I thought it was boring. Cool. Cool. (laughs) Yeah. So (laughs) when I think about Boba Fett, it was one of those series like, oh, they're making that. And then it was like, oh, that's coming out next week. Cool. I'll watch it. And I watched the first episode. It was kind of cool. Really cool fan service. I loved seeing him like crawl out of the Sarlacc pit and his little adventure there. That was awesome. I think everybody real quick. There's going to be spoilers in this episode. If you haven't seen Book of Boba Fett or any of the other Star Wars shit at this point, uh, from here on out, there's spoilers. Just throwing that out there now. Yeah. Yeah. Go watch it. Yep. Yeah. I thought it was the first the cool it was cool fan service. The first episode. It was everything that people wanted to see from Boba Fett. Like he's a badass. getting out of the Sarlacc pit and kind of crawling back to life, getting his armor stolen was very unique and interesting. I think I fell apart in episodes two, three, and it kind of had part of four where I just wasn't identifying with it. Like I didn't care. Boba Fett is a cool character, but to go that deep into someone that I don't have an emotional pull to was tough. And Tusken Raiders were always like those side, weird side characters where I was just like, meh, whatever. It was kind of cool i would have loved to see them take off their masks or something like or see what they really look like i thought that would have been drawn i'm been drawn into that but otherwise i was like eh. it wasn't until like kind of towards the end of the series when mandalorian came back right that i was like oh this is fucking sweet and at yeah. that point it wasn't book of boba fett right it was yeah. mandalorian so that's how i felt about it it was a cool it was a cool story though it was fun mm-hmm. i watched them all obviously i episode one it was cool seeing him crawl out of the Sarlacc pit, like you said, and getting kind of reintroduced into his character um, in a way that we haven't seen was fun. But it, episode one felt like a good setup episode. And episode two, I felt like continued to advance that with his flashbacks. Obviously, he spent time in the back to tank. 
the like modern day or not the modern day, but the present day, you know, he's now ruling uh in Jabba Fett's Jabba the Hut's palace. There we go. Um you know, he's he's trying to become the crime lord of Mos Espa. And that man, it was so boring. It was, and it was lame as shit, honestly. Uh at the end of Mandalorian season two, he goes in and he shoots Bib Fortuna in the face and like peels his corpse off the throne. And mm-hmm. so you're like, damn, this is about to get real. Like, this is going to be awesome. Oh, and wait, so, wasn't that like the, the preview? It was like the end credits. Yeah, it was he the goes end in there credit and, like, scene. pops him. Yeah. Because yeah. like Boba Fett shows back up in Mandalorian season two and he's killing stormtroopers and he's just, mm-hmm. it was epic. It was badass. It was everything we wanted to see from Boba Fett coming back. Because really, he wasn't a character that was explored all that much. And we as fans created this like epic mythos around Boba Fett. Um, and so seeing him come back into live action into canon and just kicking ass was super cool. Yeah. So the beginning of Boba Fett, the book of Boba Fett, was a good setup. I thought episode one was pretty good. Episode two was even better because getting into that, like, Tuscan Raider culture, I actually thought was super cool. We had never seen anything like that before. And the scene where he sort of like becomes a Tuscan Raider and they accept him into the tribe um, and he gets his robes and what I thought that was, I actually thought that was super cool. And the train scene, like when they, when they were fighting the, the pikes in the, the train going across the desert, mm-hmm. thought it was great. I like, Super cool. Awesome to watch that. Episode three, uh, again, started, that started to lose my interest. And then episode four was just like, what? <laughs> Until the end when it's like he's talking about bringing in muscle and the Mandalorian yeah. theme plays. And so you're like, I mean, oh, like, shit's yeah. about to get real. At that point, I was like, oh, man, I'm super into this. Honestly, the whole train scene and then the next episode and then all of that fourth episode, I was pretty much on social media. Mm. It wasn't it wasn't holding me. You weren't like until, paying attention. Yeah. Yeah. Until the Mando theme came in. I was like. Shit's about to get real. Yeah. Yeah, dude. Let's get back to someone that I like have an emotional pull to. Right. Yeah. And episode five came out, which episode five was 100 percent focused on the Mandalorian. Episode five was some of the best Star Wars content that I've seen in at least the last 15 years. Really, like, since the... Let's call it the prequel trilogy, so let's call it 20 years. And it was shot perfectly. It was... We got some really good, like, Mandalorian history put into it. Uh, The Night of a Thousand Tears with the Empire, like, nuking Mandalore. Mm. Um, and then like the Terminator scene where they were going through like shooting survivors. That was epic. Like super cool. Wait, that was order 66. No, this is after the empire. This is, they were decimating the Mandalorians because the Mandalorians were fighting against the empire. They weren't bending a knee. This is so in they, Grogu. This is in Grogu's fat. That we're, we're not at Grogu's flash. No, that was in episode six. Oh, my bad. Okay, cool. cool go ahead. So. All of that was great. And then, like, the lore with the Darksaber. The opening scene of Episode 5, bro. Like, he's fighting with the Darksaber. He cuts a dude in half. And, yeah, like, that was dope. He hurts himself with the Darksaber like all of us would have <laughs> if we had no yeah. training. It was real, right? It wasn't real. It was like this dude is so clunky and bad at it because he's never done it before. Yeah. Hint, right? Yeah. He's never done it. He's in no training. Yeah. And then you start learning more about the Darksaber, and it's like, it's heavy. 
with every swing it gets heavier because you're fighting the weight you're not you know accepting the weight. you don't know how to wield it basically and so all of that stuff was really cool and it, like i said it was shot really well there was a, a cool dual scene on the bridge over the space you know the the open space which was great um and it set up a lot of his journeys to go forward and then the return of the n1 starfighter the naboo starfighter from the phantom menace like that was awesome the top gun scene and then he's going through the pod racing episode five man was great yeah i I agree that was even better than what we got in episode six too because i loved seeing the naboo starfighter like reforged and like done up like then you get like taken back to what we loved about the prequels which was pod racing like the makers of this episode and really, this, it goes into the whole series because they had this planned. There's, they are giving us things that we loved about the old stuff, but rehashing yep. it in a fresh way. In like, a way that makes sense moving They forward. put a Naboo Starfighter in the pod racing landscape. Yeah. Like, how the fuck did that happen? Right. But they did it. They made it make sense, and it worked. We loved yeah. it because we love those things. It's not hard. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But it was done in a way that didn't feel like super tropey. And it wasn't forced. They were just feeding off of nostalgia. It was, it was like, okay. This is something where this is a character progression for the Mandalorian because in the previous seasons he had the Razor Crest, which was a gunship that had room for, you know, carbonite uh, people he had like bounties that he was hunting and frozen in carbonite. It had room for that, had room for him to live on it and all that. Like it was like his home. It was like a mobile home, gunship, whatever. And so a move to this starfighter that's fast and it's dangerous and uh, it's maneuverable. It has hyper. I mean, it's a it's a character transition from him from bounty hunter to I'm gonna be rescuing Mandalore because the person with the dark saber is the person who is going to bring Mandalore back together. Mm-hmm. So like that's, that's a really going, symbolic huh? transformation for him that I think a lot of people probably missed um, when they're like, wait, but he's a bounty hunter. How's he gonna How's he gonna bring bounties in? It's like he he's not he's a not. bounty hunter anymore. <laughs> The only reason you did a bounty at the beginning of episode five was to get information about where the covert was because he needed, uh, you know, them to make a shiny shirt for Grogu. (laughs) Mm -hmm. He still cares about the kid. That's his development is that he met this 50 year old kid, basically. (laughs) (laughs) He cares about and like, yeah, you get the Naboo starfighter and she's like, oh, I had the R2 placement like uh, I know you don't like droids. Yeah, I don't know. You don't like droids. And we're like, okay, well. We know where this is fucking going. Like, but then he was working with he was working with a droid, like the BD unit from Jedi Fallen Order. He was like, uh, you know, the droid did something, and he was like, he said, "Thank you," you know, "Thank you." Yeah, and sure. That's again, that's character growth. Yeah, I mean, but yeah, the point is that that spot's gonna be Grogu's. Yeah, it's uh, Grogu. Yep. So I mean, he's flying around, dude. Yeah. So episode six, uh, breaking it down. I thought we got so much more than I could have imagined. Like, I, yeah, at the I end of episode five, it's guessed. like, what was it? It ends with him like Fennec approaches him is like, hey, we need muscle. We're about to fight this. That war. was four. End of five. Yeah, end that was five. Bu- yep. End of five was Fennec approaching him about needing approaching oh, yeah, the yeah, Mandalorian. Yeah. Yep. Right. Okay. And then he so, said, yes, I'll do it. Like, keep your money. But I have to go visit a little friend first. Right. So then we're like, oh, and like, like oh, he's, is he going to go find him? Is he going to, who we're going to see right. Luke again? Like, I never would have thought we'd actually would have got as much as we did oh, with Luke yeah. and Grogu actually going through training. And then us, like Ahsoka comes in and I'm like, what the fuck? Like the party is literally all here. Yeah. 
They're and, building the new Jedi temple. Yeah, the new Jedi temple is going. R two D two is there. Like it opens yep. up with this too, and it's just it's wild, and it it felt right. It felt really really good. Yeah, and, and they it and wasn't even forced then they, again. It wasn't they included, forced. They included like prequel shots, so Luke is helping train Grogu, and we got to see like some of that was kind of feeding off a of nostalgia. Like we watched Luke carry around Grogu like he did with Yoda, but it still felt good. You know, it still felt really good, and then you see Luke. We knew that Grogu had, like, suppressed memories. So Luke was like, do you want to remember this stuff? And, he, you know, he puts his hand on Grogu's head, and all of a sudden it's a flashback to Order 66 when the clones and Anakin storm the Jedi Temple, and they're killing these Jedi that are trying to protect Grogu. And that's what he's, like, blocked out is all these traumatic memories. So that was, I mean, they pulled together. It was, like, sequel stuff, prequel stuff, and original trilogy stuff. All into one go. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. And then you realize, oh, Grogu was there during that massacre. Somehow he got out. We're going to find out how he got out eventually. Will we? I, I mean, maybe. Maybe not in Mandalorian, but maybe somewhere along the road. I'm sure they'll, we'll hit it. I think one of the most compelling things in that episode was when Luke was finally getting through to go Grogu. And he was kind of like still stubborn, but like jumping and around and getting it. Yeah. And then Ahsoka comes up to Luke and they have a conversation. And she was like you're a lot like your father or something like that. Yeah. And I was like, "Mm." the look that Luke gives, it's Mm, like, I was like, dude, that's never connected before. We're like, yes, it's Darth Vader's his father or whatever, but it's never been that emotional from someone who knew personally his dad Mm -hmm. to tell him that it's never happened before. So I thought that was like really interesting. Because Ahsoka at this point is pretty old. Like she is, she's seen the downfall of Anakin, the rise of the empire. She's hunting Grand, Ad- Grand Admiral Thrawn. Like, yeah. she's seen some shit. And so she knows. And Luke makes the same mistakes. Like, he forces Grogu to choose between, you know, because uh, Mando brings him a Beskar. It's basically like the Mithril shirt from Lord of the Rings that Frodo wears, but it's made of Beskar. And he says, you can either choose this or you can choose. And he whips out Yoda's lightsaber. Yeah. Cool. And he's like, you can you can choose only one of these, and obviously we know who which one is he going to choose. But like Luke's making the same mistakes that the Jedi did that led to their downfall. Like attachment is bad, attachment is evil, attachment is was like, I mean, it was shown like attachment isn't necessarily bad. It's the possession part. Mm. Like Anakin went down the dark side because it was like possession, and uh trying to keep Padme alive when you can have these emotional attachments, but you have to be able to let him go too when it's time yeah. to let him go. Yeah. And in his search to save her, he killed her. <laughs> yeah. So well, if they're making it, yeah, like I think they're said, making the sequels six, make sense. We got way more. Right. Yeah, exactly. Cause, and then we see it, we see in the sequels, Luke, I mean, the Jedi temple, is destroyed. destroyed. So yeah. he's a shell of himself. He's yeah. in the hiding. He's shameful, right? And he's not the Luke that we thought he was going to be. Because it's when not going to go the way right. that you think, you know? Yeah. When we when like, we watch the sequels, we're like, what the fuck? Like, yeah. He was. A, I mean, when we when I went through elementary school, we learned about the hero's journey, and the hero's journey was you a character who comes from nothing, gets some sort of emotional pull into a a controversy or conflict. But for Luke was the example in this. He was nothing. He was a farm boy on a desert planet yeah. with nothing. He was nothing. Right. You're nothing. And <laughs> his 
uncle and aunt get killed. So he's thrusted into this big adventure and he has to yeah. adapt and overcome and become this hero. He's the ultimate hero's journey. So, I'll, you know, not only seeing that from actual Star Wars, but then learning about it in school and then seeing as an adult, like, well, you, that was Slade, right? Was like, well, what the fuck? But yeah. now we're kind of like drawing parallels and connecting dots. Well, he's making some similar small mistakes right now, even though he means well. Right. Um, kind of weird. I don't know why they went this direction with him, but they did. So <laughs> this is what they're doing. Yeah. So I think that. Uh, so episode seven came around. That, that was a really good segue into my next point. But real quick, like episode seven, a book of Boba Fett came around. It was. I don't know. It was OK. Uh, seeing Cad Bane in live action was super cool. Watching him yeah. and Boba Fett duel was really great. I think Cad Bane is a character that transferred really well from the Clone Wars into live action because he was the ultimate, like, neutral badass. He was he was only evil because he was a bounty hunter that accepted money to do shit, mm-hmm. like bad shit. But he was yeah. he was just awesome. He was super cool. So I don't think he's actually dead. They made it seem like maybe he died, but I don't think he did. Anyway. So, end of the season, I would say it was okay. But, going into your segue, which was perfect, you're talking about the hero's journey and Luke Skywalker was the ultimate hero. And so, the, the original trilogy of Star Wars set Luke Skywalker up to be this ultimate hero. And then you look at someone like Han Solo, went through this massive character transformation from being a guy who is incredibly competent as a smuggler. He... You know, did the Kessel run in 12 parsecs and he could outrun Imperial Star Destroyers and all and all of these things. So we're going to I'm going to bring something up and I want your thoughts on it. The downfall of our Star Wars heroes. So Luke Skywalker, Han Solo and even Leia to maybe a minor extent, the way that Disney has betrayed them. In my opinion, this is just my my thoughts on this. They've brought back these old characters. So like in The Force Awakens, they brought back Han Solo, and Han Solo experienced all of this character progression in the original trilogy, and all he did was regress to even further than where he was when we first met him in A New Hope. Yeah. He was inept. He oh, he had massive debts to people. He it's like he learned nothing, and he abandoned his family. He abandoned his family, his son, his wife, like all of these things, and like he lost the Millennium Falcon. So it's, it's like they had to make him worse to allow someone else to step up and take that spot. Luke Skywalker, he experienced all of this character transformation, arguably, I mean, huge character transformation that was done well. He didn't go from, like, you look at, like, episode, uh, Empire Strikes Back. He gets his ass kicked by Vader. He fights him, but, like, he loses. He doesn't win that fight. He gets his hand cut off. His confidence is destroyed. He thought he could take him. He couldn't. He was the hero, but he failed. And so, but we see this, like, transformation of Luke into where he is in Return of the Jedi. Luke comes back in The Last Jedi, and he's a recluse. He's like, he wants nothing to do with anything. He's, he's the complete opposite of what, where we left him. Mm-hmm. And so... He's making room for in that case, like in that case, it was Ray, Daisy Ridley's character, Ray. But it's like, why? Why are we killing these old heroes that everybody loves and regressing them to a point where we don't even recognize them? They're they're characters that we identify with and we we care about. And these new characters, like 
we don't give a shit about them yet. <laughs> mm. So my, I guess my th- the the thoughts that I want from you are like, how do you feel about that? The the sort of the way that the heroes in the reboot, the sequel trilogy, were downplayed and they regressed kind of before we even met them. What do you think yeah, about that? Yeah, I think that? that's a really great point about Han Solo, right? I mean, I never actually thought about that. I think we just accepted him in The Force Awakens for what he was and bought into it because like, that's kind of who he always was up until... It just seemed like who he always was. He was like a general Han Solo of the Rebellion, but it was still like the Rebellion was kind of this underground thing right it wasn't like a grand army of well-defined units right it was like a pretty underground operation so i think we just accepted him in the force awakens that's a great point he really regressed further than what we where we left him i I think there's just a real world application of we're we're introducing new new people i don't agree with it because why bring back all these characters that was the reason you bought star Wars for $4 billion was large part of these characters. Like there's not, there was no other content from star Wars. Right. When they bought it, there was expanded universe and like what all the books. I mean, they had, you know, book tons of books. Yeah. Who read those though? The mass audience didn't read those. Right. Nerds. Diehard Star Wars fans. Yeah. Yeah. Like, so I think the real world application was we want to get people in that, are familiar with the characters, but then we want to reintroduce new yeah. characters to people that aren't familiar with the franchise. The new characters are, uh, they're newer, they're younger and they're cheaper. <laughs> sure. Yeah. They're I mean, trying I'm to get assuming, it. Yeah. Assuming it was expensive to bring all Mark Hamill and especially Harrison Ford on it. Right. Uh, Princess Leia. It's just, I would say huge miss because I think they could have made way more money by expanding those older, the, our heroes, right? The heroes into the wise like well-polished people yeah but then i don't know there's still a story there i just don't know what it would be i'm not the writer exactly yeah so i think that uh i look at a a good example of how to take an older character who's played the character for a really long time and give them a really dignified and proper exit i don't know if you've ever seen uh, the movie logan which is uh wolverine's last film so Hugh Jackman played Wolverine for 17 years played him in eight movies Patrick Stewart played uh Professor X alongside of him for the same amount of time and Logan which came out in 2018 Logan was an R-rated film Hugh Jackman took a big pay cut to take on the role of old man Logan which was a a cool like comic book story that hadn't been told yet Mm mm-hmm that movie was really grounded and really gritty and like really emotional because all of a sudden Wolverine goes from this character who is sort of, uh, you can't kill him. He's, you can't hurt him. He comes back from everything to his own strength, his adamantium skeleton, the bones that he, you know, is killing him. It's poisoning him and his ability to regenerate is waning the older he gets. So like, his own strength is killing him at this point. Mm. And he gets this task of taking on a young mutant and delivering her to a safe place because mutants are being hunted down. This is set in like 2029. And it was an epic conclusion that was super grounded in reality. And he had a beautiful exit as the character. And I didn't even, I wasn't even invested in the X-Men universe at all. And even I, like at the end of that movie, I was emotional. Because they did it right. 
They mm-hmm. they really really did it right. They served the character well. Everything that he stood for the entire time he played the character came out beautifully in this movie and he it that was the proper way to give a character an exit. Yeah. The way that we gave Han Solo an exit, the way that we gave Leia an exit, the way that we gave Luke an exit mm-hmm. was like I think it felt cheap. It felt easy. It just didn't feel like our our heroes that we love, they stood for nothing that they once stood for. They stood for nothing at that point. Han Solo was like disconnected from his family and reality and everything that he once believed in. And Luke was the same way. Mm-hmm. And so they they meant nothing. They stood for nothing. And that hurt. I think it hurt us. <laughs> Um, it's still real to me, damn it. it. It's still real to me, damn it. Yeah, and and that's why I think the sequel trilogy was a huge miss because A, they didn't have a plan. Yeah. But it was a mess. that was that's my comparison to like I said, the Logan comparison. If you haven't seen that movie, it's worth the watch. Um yeah. it's it's really, really good. Even if you've never okay. seen X Men. Okay. Um, I, I, was, I was never it's, invested it's in X Men either. I tried watching X Men the other uh, last month, and I was like, ah, I can't get into the first one. I never got into it. But I think going back to like uh, Luke and Leia, I mean, Leia was unfortunate because Carrie Fisher passed away. I right. think she was going to get some sort of different scent. I think that story would have been much different. But man, I think Force Awakens, Han Solo's death worked for us, worked for me. Yeah. It was unfortunate. Now that it was we're looking emotional. back at the whole yeah. held the whole arc now of the yeah. three movies, it yep. was like unfortunate. But at the time, I'm like, yeah, I mean, he didn't want to be Han Solo. First of all, he didn't want to do Han Solo anymore. It he makes wanted sense to kill Han Solo kill. off the end of Return of the Jedi. <laughs> yeah, or like even the end of the first one, or uh, Empire Strikes Back, because they didn't know if he was going to come back or something was going on there. But yeah. anyways, you know, I was like, yeah, I get it. I mean, but his son killed him. Like, man, that's fucked up. Like now we got like a badass evil guy. And, you know, I think I think the big turnoff and then we can put the sequel to rest was yep. that regardless Mark Hamill. I mean, if you remember when all the shit was coming out, Mark Hamill was even vocal like this isn't right. Like, yeah, it's OK to put Luke somewhere to fuck off in the end of the universe. Right. But why? I don't why alienate and isolate an entire fan base because of this character and make him somebody that he's not, that everyone knows that he's not. Right. Right. I mean, at least make him like be training or learning something new and building exactly. again and like yeah. learning. Cause like he was just waiting to die. Yeah. It was like, just like, yeah, I'm done. Yeah. I'm done. Screw it all. Nothing matters to me anymore. Right. And then yes, we get the arc of he's coming back and now, but like, okay, keep him there and let us have him. Why yeah. do you have to kill him right away? Right. Anyways. And I think that, like, The Mandalorian and Book of Boba Fett are all of these projects that are happening, um, like, from the end of Return of the Jedi until the sequel trilogy, they're trying to make it make sense. Totally. Because the sequel trilogy didn't really make sense at all. They had no Um, plan. So, we've beaten the dead horse of the sequel trilogy. It wasn't good. Bottom line, it just wasn't good. They missed the mark 100%, but it's here. It's staying here. I, I have an interesting thought i want like that i want your thought on this i think it's a hot take i think the last jedi would have been a decent star wars film if it wouldn't have been tied to our heroes 
and 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 uh, turn them into like lame background characters. So the Force Awakens was a carbon copy of A New Hope. We know that, but I think the Last Jedi did take some risks, but it was tied too much to already established character progression and storylines, which just completely did away with all of that and introduced us to shit that we don't care about. Okay, yeah. So the Last Jedi, if it was its own project all on its own, and though some of those bold decisions were made, would it have been a good movie? Hmm. I mean, yeah. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Right? If you get rid of all the other stuff, this old hermit Jedi guy yeah. comes back and literally transcends himself out of his physical meta to right. a different planet and yeah. dupes the entire First Order so that the 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 rebels or whatever the resistance can escape resistance, yeah. that's super badass i mean right i'm not knocking that but just like keep him there keep him alive right i think and i think at the build up what, like what you said it did revolve around our heroes but even like real, admiral real, akbar dying off screen yeah i mean yeah that was a like, huge miss we I mean, talked no about even, that like the dude could have so he could have done the same thing admiral holdo did hold the holdo maneuver yeah. ram the ship through snoke's ship if it was Akbar, we all would have been cheering. Sure. Yeah. And we, I mean, or crying, whatever. That's, that's a great, that's a, yeah, I mean, it would have been a good emotional thing. Because like we said, he was a character that we knew and that we liked, but he wasn't like Luke. Like, like oh, dude, that's our guy. Or like Han, like, that's our guy. Like, that's Admiral Akbar. Yeah, he's That's, that's a, a valiant sacrifice. sacrifice. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, man, but like the Force Awakens, we were forced into wanting more from that character because the whole entire purpose of that movie was to find Luke. And then finally it's a literal cliffhanger where he turns around and unveils himself and like, yeah. looks at the lightsaber. It's like, Oh dude, it's going down, right? <laughs> yeah, it's going yeah. fucking down. This guy's a pig and shit right now. We're going to have it. And then we didn't. Yeah. So yeah, that was, I mean, it was disappointing, but uh, I mean, that's another good point about the last Jedi too. Snoke died, right? They right, killed they Snoke killed right Snoke. there. So yeah, like, we're like, right. what the fuck is that? Okay. Kill Luke. You kill Snoke. What the fuck do we have? We have this right. Ben Solo or whatever. And at that uh, point, really like, we didn't really care about Ben anymore. Like Kylo, they made Kylo look really weak. Yeah. We Kylo wasn't a thing. It was Ben Snow. Like, I don't know. They just kind of undid all of the cool stuff that was sort of laid in place. Yeah. So here's a follow-up question for you. And I, I'm, I think you'll have good input on this. Does Star Wars need to move? in a direction that allows for this kind of creativity instead of being tied to these old stories. So hmm. the stories that we know and love, the original trilogy, the prequels, um, moving into this next level of storytelling, which we're going to talk about some more projects. Is it a good thing that these directors like Ryan Johnson, I don't think Ryan Johnson's a bad director. Yeah. Is it going to be a good thing for these people to be allowed to create and make these bold choices instead of rehashing the nostalgia mm. and the tropes that like we've come to really love. Well, that's a great, great question. A great point too. You can't live off nostalgia forever. You get, or else nothing ever ha new happens and no one ever gets new nostalgia. That's the problem with Hollywood these days. <laughs> Everything's rehashed. Um, man. Nobody's willing to take chances and they're ruining old characters. Like even in the Terminator dude, even in the Terminator series, like, yeah. The last Terminator movie fucking ruined all of the progress that the Terminator trilogy had made. Mm. I don't know. So that's a whole that. other. Yeah. Yeah. I'm familiar <laughs> with that. I think that, yeah, probably some fresh stuff would be good. I think there's a lot of stuff behind the scenes that is just 
away from just the movies and characters that goes on. I mean, who knows what, I mean, ultimately it's not the writers. I'm sure they, they people are sending shit in directors and writers are sending stuff to Disney. Like, Hey, let's do this. Let's do this. Constantly be pitching different things. And the people that control the money and decisions say yes or no. Right. So I think that's what it comes down to too, is like, okay, what can sell money? What, what can possibly, what's good merch? Yeah. What's uh in the story is, is, isn't, isn't in the forefront all the time. So do I think they should get new content? Yeah. I think a lot of the new stuff is, is really cool. I mean, the Mandalorian's all new. Grogu's all new. We never thought we were going to see another Yoda. Right. I mean, that's, and that's been fantastic. I and think you, that you look at like still, the, yeah. the book of Boba Fett relied a lot on nostalgia. It didn't rely on new things. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. It was like, Oh, here's this, here's this thing that we already did, but like, you're going to like it because you've already, I don't know, you're connected to it. Yeah. They didn't take any, there was no risks done. Anyway. There needs to be. Yeah, I agree with that. There need, they need to take some risks, but understand what people really enjoy at the same time, I think. And I think, I mean, everything that we've gotten from John Favreau and, and the other guy, Dave, uh, Filoni. Uh, Dave Filoni, Cowboy, <laughs> have, has been really good. I mean, Book of Boba Fett, for what it is, it's like Solo, in my opinion. It's just a good story. And if you don't have a huge emotional pull to it, Sure. It's still there for you. And Solo like, has know. aged well, in my opinion. Yeah, like, Solo like has so. aged pretty well. I mean, they were supposed to do a, they were supposed to do a trilogy and seeing Darth oh, well, Maul I didn't again. Know I that. thought, yeah, he signed up for three movies, but it oh. flopped because of the Last Jedi feedback. It had come out three Solo months came prior. Out. <laughs> Solo, yeah, Solo came out. I mean, I don't know if it was that close, but it was pretty close. It was, yeah, it was within four months. Oh, yeah, Last Jedi came out in December, and then Solo came out in like May. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and they were just like cranking, and they're like, let's fucking squeeze the juice. And, but uh, nobody wanted to it, see it because they're like, it's, it's, fuck dude, this. <laughs> it squirted in their eye, the lemon juice yeah. in the eye, man. It hit them. But I, I, yeah, there's a lot of background stuff that's going to be, uh, going to be running, running the course, I think. So, yeah, I, I do think they should get some new ideas. Uh, I think, though, the Obi Wan Kenobi uh, is going to be good. And I'm not getting excited about anything. I remember in the Super Bowls in the past, like 2015, 16, 17, 18, like we would watch the Super Bowl commercials just to get a preview right. of the next Star Wars movie. And we yeah. were so hyped. And like the trailers were the best part were of any of those of, movies. Yeah. They yeah. were better than the movies. Yeah. Right? The last Jedi trailer, and, I was like, oh shit, man. Oh dude. Shit's about to get real. <laughs> to end. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Right? And right. like the music was insane. Yeah. I don't think I'll ever get that excited again about anything in Star Wars. Because <laughs> uh, you, don't, you don't have trust, right? Yeah, it hurt us. Yeah. But I think the Obi-Wan Kenobi series, I think it's going to be great. I, I don't think they're going to... I think they've learned, right? I think they've learned, don't, especially what can happen if you fuck with a character too much. Yeah. The feedback you'll get, so. Right. So, good segue into our next section. We're going to look at some upcoming Star Wars projects. And this is going to range from movies to TV shows to video games and i'm gonna give some thoughts bones uh, i'm gonna want your thoughts as well um some of the stuff we don't have a lot of information on but it's out there like we know it's coming and so it'll be kind of it would be fun to speculate a little bit so we're gonna start off with the next it's an unknown trilogy we know a trilogy is coming we don't know what it's about we don't know where it's set we don't know anything else but it's set for so the first one's scheduled to come out december 22nd 2023 and then the second one is December 19th, 2025. And then the third one is December 17th, 2027. This is supposed to be a trilogy. Yeah, it's a, oh. it's a connected trilogy, not just like a standalone film. Okay. 
don't anything about it. Who knows? I I hope that part of me hopes for like an old republic. So in the previous canon before Lucasfilm was purchased by Disney, there was a lot of old republic material that was fucking epic. And to see that brought together in a trilogy would be super cool. But like we're talking about like let's do something new. Let's do something different as far as the movies go. So I don't really know what they're going to do with it, but I think an old Re- I think old republic Star Wars lore is ripe. There's a lot of stuff there that they can pull from, and it. I think we're ready for it. <laughs> mm. Yeah. P- what would you want to yeah. see out of the like the next trilogy? Potentially, yeah. I mean, I don't know. I mean, we're. I mean, when the movies were hot and Last Jedi was about to strike, they're like Ryan Johnson's. But he just before that came out, Last Jedi, Ryan Johnson just signed on for a sequel. Oh yeah, uh, a trilogy of his own. Um, the writers from Game of Thrones just signed on for a movie, yeah. and then all that shit went away after The Last Jedi. Mm-hmm. So I, I really don't know what I would want to see. I think, I'm, just, this is just me, I'm a pr- I, I know quite a bit about Star Wars. At the same time, I'm a pretty, compared to inner nerds like yourself, I'm a pretty surface level, I don't mean that in a bad way. I know. I, it's a, I'm pretty surface level, to be honest. I'm like, I enjoy it on a very surface level. Um, except the original trilogies is like, I dig into those. Yeah. Like, so I don't know, like all the lore and the expanded stuff. I don't know what I would want to see. I would really want to see, I'm really excited to see Thrawn because I know he's a great bad guy. Yeah. As far as like the old, old Republic, like when Yoda was younger and kind of, this is, I mean, I'm talking like 20,000 years before. So even before Yoda. The Phantom Menace. Yeah. It'd be so like uh, Darth Raven, that type of thing. Darth Revan. Yep. Malak. Revan. Revan. Malak. I think yeah. that would be cool. I, th- I would love to see like some, some terrifying bad Sith. Yeah, some cool. really bad shit. Yeah, some yeah, like, real like evil a more shit. like well, like what they're doing with Doctor Strange and like a dark Marvel. I think dark oh, Star yeah. Wars would be cool. Like we always wanted to see Darth Vader was this horrible guy, but we didn't really get the extent of like evil until Rogue One. When he at the end scene, when he scene, just like yeah. came out of the dark and the it was just his scene. lightsaber and like he. Man, murdered he that massacred. was probably that's probably the best star wars like number one since disney bought like that yeah that scene, scene. Mm-hmm. was I, there's, like ugh. there's two and they're parallel right i think you know like it was a darth vader rogue one scene and then yeah. luke skywalker's yes saving scene were yeah that too iconic yeah. right so they need to realize that and don't overdo it don't give us too much right so i would love to see yeah and any, any timeline as long as it's it's fucking badass, you know, and that's so like open in general, open. But yeah, twenty thousand years ago, I think the High Republic comics or books that they're doing right now yeah. could be a cool thing to do. I would and love those to are see set Yoda. like a couple hundred years, so Yoda yeah. is alive in the High Republic stuff, right? Right. So yeah, that would be cool. I mean, even I don't know. Would you be open to a sequel trilogy like with um Ray and Poe and Finn and stuff? I don't know. I I don't know. I that's a you okay? I don't know. You no. okay, buddy? No, I'm not. Because they had such a. I I think about it. I know we talked about the sequels, but like they had a fucking perfect opportunity yeah. to knock it out of the park, and then like Daisy Ridley and John Boyega and Oscar Isaac as like the leading characters were were great, and even to have Mark Hamill and Harrison Ford and Carrie Fisher as the supporting roles and Anthony Daniels as C three PO like. Yeah. To have those guys there, 
guiding these new characters. Could, yeah, you could have easily had Han Solo's character as a fucking cameo and yeah. then let, left him alone. Right. Yeah. But it was Ben Solo. So it was his son. So, like, it has to be that big time. I guess but they, in made, the they made the, they universe, made the choice. Though, like, all of the, like, Han and Leia had, like, three, four children. And mm-hmm. they all played, like, huge roles in the development of the Galactic Republic after the Empire. Once yeah. they started to grow. Because they were all Force-sensitive. Yeah. And then you get, like, Luke. Luke marries somebody in the Expanded Universe. Yeah. He marries Mara Jade. And yeah. they have kids who end mm-hmm. up being crucial players. There's a war that happens. It's called the Yu, like the Yuzhong Vong or something. Like these, like intergalactic species, come into with the Star Wars universe and like infiltrate. And they, it, there's a huge war. I'll do multiple, Thanos shows up. Yeah, yeah, basically, like multiple, like uh, one of two of the Solo children die. Mm-hmm. They're they're killed. One goes to the dark side, and right. then the Skywalker, yeah. like it, like. It was set up so perfectly for like 200 years post Return of the Jedi. <laughs> and Grand Admiral Thrawn is the main bad guy in the, the trilogy that comes. I think it's like 10 years after Return of the Jedi mm-hmm. and Luke's there. And like it was all done so well. They already had a roadmap for this shit and they fucked it up. <laughs> you, and you fucked know what? it up. <laughs> and you know what? That was a sequel trilogy that we needed 20 years ago, right? Instead of the prequel trilogy, they probably should have made a sequel trilogy. Sure. But the prequel was badass. I mean, but it was. We look back the day, on the prequels now when we love them. They're cool. At the end of the day, it was just about Anakin. It was just about Darth Vader. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. And so that's what they went for. Right. But what we should have got was Mark Hamill and them when they were younger and still, you know, sprout. Yeah. They, that, was, that would have been the time to do something like that. But we but didn't. But it's get like it. passing the torch, like going, yeah. coming back around to what I was like. They could have done it in a way where Daisy Ridley and John Boy Ray and mm, Poe and okay. Finn accepted that torch pass, and like, and and Kyle, like, it, sure, you want to make Kylo Ren evil, you want to make Ben Solo evil, great, because in again in the expanded universe, they did have a son named Ben, who did turn evil. Great. They also had three other kids who weren't, but that's I mean that's not important. So. No, I don't know if I would. I don't know if I'd want to see a continuation story of Ray. I don't think I care enough. I don't like I don't give yeah. a shit about yeah. like Ray. I feel bad for like Poe's character because he was super dope and they relegated him to like a mat like a hey, masculine enemy. Yeah, like um and then uh mm, masculine Finn, enemy. yeah, totally. Like Finn was that was set up to be a super cool character. Stormtrooper who falls out of love with the, you know, with the first order and like, you know, defects to the resistance. And then yeah. he was literally like comic relief. Yeah. Totally. And it was fucked up. And then, so no, I don't think I want to, and I don't think they would want to come back. I don't think they would. I feel so bad for them because they signed up for the role of a literal fucking lifetime, just like Mark Hamill right. did just unknowingly right at the time for Mark, but, but Disney Daisy fucked Ridley it up and, for them. And they, they <laughs> totally screwed it up. And Jaboyga was the only one that was like, vocal about it on the outside probably because they have contracts and shit they, and they well they did the things, worst but... to finn out of everybody yeah totally i mean he was he was supposed to be force sensitive right he was a badass he yeah, was he's fighting. handling the lightsaber he's he literally dueling fighting. kylo ren <laughs> literally fighting probably better than ray did and you know it was i think and they tried to retcon that in rise of skywalker again. where it was like i i, I just felt it i just felt it yeah so they're yeah. trying to like and make, it was they don't like but they, 
they don't have enough time. At the that damage point. was done already. <laughs> yeah, there's no time, right? Uh. So I wouldn't be surprised if they eventually maybe Finn gets his own show post or something like that. I think they're going to lean on shows more so than trilogies and movies going forward, yeah. really, because they've been have a lot of success, and I think it's the way to go. You can cover so much more content and details where right. you'll leave the fan base speculating and guessing and criticizing and also less. more satisfied but yeah yeah totally yeah. Let, let's do this we've been complaining a lot about the sequel trilogy but there was some pretty nice things that i liked so what was like one your probably your favorite thing from from any of the three movies there was yeah there was a lot of good stuff give me a couple of good things um the visual effects like seeing all the starships and the starfighters and the battle scenes was all really cool the music was good. Um, the scene in Rise of Skywalker where Luke raises his X-Wing out of the water, the callback to the Empire Strikes Back, was really good. The The scene where Chewbacca finds out that Princess Leia had died, mm. even though it's really sad. Like, but emotion. It, it felt real. Yeah. Um, and then, like, why does it hurt so bad? <laughs> <laughs> I agree. That was one of the most powerful scenes in the whole trilogy because it was yeah. so emotional. That's even what we like, exactly, and then even scenes like in the Force Awakens when uh, they're in they're infiltrating uh, Star Killer base. Finn is like, "We'll use the Force." When he's talking, like, "How are we gonna?" Han is asking him how we're gonna get in, and yeah. he's like, "Oh, well, we'll use the Force." And Han's like. That's not how the force works. <laughs> yeah, right. Character development, right? It's not. Hokey I like that. Anymore. Yeah, it was good. It was so Han. Right? Yeah. yeah. The Last Jedi. Um, what did you like from the Last Jedi? One thing. <laughs> the okay, so the scene where Chewie and Ray come in on the Millennium Falcon and they start flying through that cavern, and the music goes on. It's bum 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 bum. It's like the classic star, like starfighter music, while they're cruising through the cavern okay. fighting, fighting the Tie Fighters. That felt like Star Wars, and I was hype about that. Yeah. And they're like blast, like you can hear the like the Millennium Falcon cannon sounds and everything, and like that yeah, was like, good. Pumped, that was the best right. part of the whole movie. Yeah, I would agree. <laughs> the visual effects and like the the blaster fire and all the guns were like you could feel that shit going. Mm. Yeah, yeah, man. I think the part with Luke, I mean, Luke fighting Kylo at the end, uh, yeah. even though he was just a projection, that was, I mean, that was cool. It was cool to see, but it just, yeah, missed you the didn't, mark. Yeah, okay. I'm going to, so from The Force Hit Awakens, yeah. all right, I'm going to put a pin in that thing with Luke and Kylo. So if I forget, come back to it. Yeah. Um, I think The Force Awakens, my favorite thing was the cliffhanger, right? Yes. I think R2-D2 waking up was a really pivotal moment for me too, because I, yeah. I, I love R2-D2. Um, but overall, the whole movie, no, no big complaints. I mean, it was a rehash, but it was great. We're back on the sequel trilogy. How do we do that? I know. <laughs> you asked me if I wanted to see a trilogy with Shit. the yeah, sequel my, characters. My bad. <laughs> I just think we're just a bunch of ornery old bastards. <laughs> so The Last Jedi, what I loved about it, The Last Jedi um, was Kylo Ren's more descent into, like... Um, madness i guess and, oh, and yeah. trying to impress impress snoke in the dark side when you know he's just like this broken shattered guy and like you're kind of relating to that a little bit and then um i loved the luke and kylo scene when he's like kylo's like more it's like yeah. a meme right but like yeah he, you know he's like trying to fucking kill there's his a lot he's, of emotion behind that right and he adam driver's like 
carries the whole the whole trilogy yeah. first of all like see, he carries it he was he's brilliant the, yeah. he's the obi-wan kenobi of that uh, you know he's he, i would agree so that was a great scene and then when luke is like you know dodging him and then you know he goes to the classic like see you around kid yeah right epic and then you see luke like meditating there i remember being in the audience the and when the audience music the, yeah, the audience around me when Luke is like projecting himself and he's on the thing, everyone was like, "Oh, yeah." Everyone's like, "Damn, that's badass." You get it. Yeah. I loved everything about it until he died. Right, a great send off with the twin moons, but he died too yeah. soon, in my opinion. So, anyways, what we like about it, what I liked about, I mean, the Rise of Skywalker. There was plenty of things that I liked, even though it was a controversy. There's a lot of fan movie. service for sure. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean. Seeing Chewie die, right, was sad, but he he's dead. Oh die. yeah, I forgot about um, that. And then he mentions right, like what you said with Leia. He was a very emotional, but when he's like, there was also a scene where, um, what's the the guy in the First Order, uh, General Hux? Hux. Yeah, Hux. Hux mentions Han Solo, and he like screams at him, right? And that was really cool. Yeah. And then when Ben Solo comes back, and you know the whole lightsaber behind the head, and he pulls yeah. it out. Everybody went crazy for that. It was yep. so super cool. Him coming back of... to the light. You f- yeah. I, I know you love the scene with Han, like the, the oh, scene yeah. where Kylo That's throws his lightsaber into the water and yeah. Han comes. Hey, kid. Yeah. Hey, kid. <laughs> and then, you know, I never got this until your dad said it because we saw it with your dad. I never got it where Ben was like, you know, breaking down. He's like, dad. And his Han is just like, I know. Mm. And your dad was like, yeah, I love you. That, that, that's, that's a homage to payback to when Leia was like, I love you. And he goes, I know. Yeah. And man, you know, you get emotional right now. Just like, man, that, that scene was, was that, great. That's, yeah. that's what people want. That's what fans want. You, you right. need to take risk and try new things. But when you're dealing with such like beloved characters like that, yeah. again, I'm not a Hollywood writer. So what the fuck do I do? You have to be kind of like, you have you to have handle to cradle, the care a little bit. You have to yeah. cradle the balls a little bit. Like <laughs> just stop squeezing them so hard yeah. and making it hurt so bad, but just enough. Yeah. Right. <laughs> so yeah. Anyways, those are the things that we liked about it. Yeah. Really There's a lot to, to not like, but there was a, there was some good stuff too. But I, it's it's hard to get through some of the really like dumb shit to get to totally. those nuggets of good stuff. Yeah. So right. we're gonna get back on the point here, but yeah. th- I mean, you're you're totally right. There there's a lot of good stuff that made us feel good, and like maybe in time those things will start to make sense, and maybe they'll feel better. Totally. Um, all of this is feeling like objectively, film-wise, the Rise of Skywalker was, and the, maybe the Force Awakens too were like the worst. The Last Jedi, like objectively from a film perspective, nice, yeah, was maybe the best film. It's beautiful, right? It, like it's a good movie. It's not a good Star Wars movie. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, um, I mean the filmmaking, the yeah. the part where she does a holdover movable and it goes silent, right. like really cool stuff. Yeah, yeah I, yep. I agree with you. So, getting back onto future projects, um, Rogue One um, is going to be directed by Patty Jenkins. And, Wait, what is? Or not Rogue One. Um, shit. We already got that. Not Rogue One. What's it called? The, the one with the fighters, the X-Wing fighters, squadrons yeah. of the whatever. It's the... Um, you oh, should have wrote it down. I did write it down, but I wrote down Rogue One. It's not called Rogue One. You're right. Squadron. Rogue Squadron. Rogue Squadron. Rogue Squad- yeah. yeah, it's called Rogue Squadron, and it's going to be directed by Patty Jenkins, who directed uh, all of the Wonder Woman, the new Wonder Woman reboots. Cool. And she has come out to say 
It she wants to make it like the most realistic dog fighting, epic, fast paced adventure that we've ever seen as far as like that stuff goes. Great. Um, it's going to be focused on high energy dog fights, the rebellion fighting the empire, and more of like a boots on the ground way. So like, there's not going to be Jedi and lightsabers and the Force. It's going to be like we're taking on ties and X wings and you know, like it's. I think of it. It's going to be like Top Gun in space. Great. Yeah. Which I'm hype about that. Yeah, I'm, I'm there for that. that it was cool. supposed to come out um, next year, but production got delayed. So we don't know. At this point, we have no idea when it's going to come out. Um, moving on to Taika Watiti has a unnamed Star Wars project in the works. He is the Thor Ragnarok and right. Thor Love and Thunder director. Um, very little is known about it, but it it's everything that we do know. It's likely to be on the bold side and like humorous, a little more yeah. humorous. As we know with like Thor Love and Thunder is coming out. That looks great. Thor Ragnarok, like rejuvenated Thor as a character oh, totally. in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Um, and it was excellent. It was a great movie. Perfect blend of funny and still emotional. Yeah, right. And he did a great job. He's done lots of other movies that are maybe less popular because they're not the MCU that have all been really good. Cool. So I'm excited about that one, actually. That's unnamed? Yeah, we don't know anything about it. We don't know okay. where it's set, anything like that. So cool. um, Ryan Johnson, the guy who directed The Last Jedi, is, gonna, is still planning to get his own single movie. Okay. Which I think, as long as they're working into the canon setup, I think that that could be pretty good. Actually, mm-hmm. I hate to say it. Um, yeah, I think. I mean, he, I was hyped about his movie because he did. What's what's that? Breaking. He did Breaking Bad, right? Yeah. He also he did, did Knives Out on Netflix, which is also a good movie. Like, cool. A very well, yeah. highly acclaimed movie on Netflix. I think he's so. very good at like developing bad characters, which is why Kylo kind of got that character development. And so, yeah, right. I'm excited for his if you know get the story checked. He's not a bad director. I totally. liked no, no, that no, he no. took risks, but like it just there was no plan. It was unfortunate it, that yeah. everything kind of went the way it did. It could have been anybody. It was yeah. Him. And then, believe it or not, there is a Star Wars movie being. Uh, produced, directed, whatever, by Kevin Feige. So Kevin Feige is the mastermind of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. He's, he's, the, he's the guy that built the Marvel Cinematic Universe after John Favreau made Iron Man. And so he is in charge of an unnamed Star Wars project as well. Hmm. I'm super interested in that. I, I don't know what it's going to be about. Nobody does. Then, you know, but he is going to be in charge of a Star Wars project. Cool. I think it's a crossover event <laughs> you think it'll be a non-canon crossover yeah that'd be kind of fun yeah <laughs> it'd be, whatever it'd be too much yeah it would be, be too much all right obi-wan kenobi killing thanos with a lightsaber right yeah. Iron Man. i'd be down with seeing that though yeah tom holland <laughs> saying what the hell is that a lightsaber <laughs> yeah i'll let that out okay let's go continue <sighs> okay so um you already had asked me you didn't answer this question though. Would you watch a sequel trilogy with Ray as the main character? Hmm. Just real, like, what? How do you feel about that? Apprehensive. Okay. Yeah, like I think I told you that like, we agreed on the other day. If you dig into what the Rise of Skywalker did and that trilogy did, was kill off all of the Skywalker bloodline, replace Palpatine it with a Palpatine, one. and then yeah. they took the Skywalker name. So yeah. regardless of if Ray is good or not, she's good. Um, good in the sense of like she's a light side or she's actually is she light side or 
gray. I don't know. She's, she's, a, she's a Jedi. She's a light she's a Jedi. Jedi. Okay, cool. Good yeah. for her. Yeah, picking shit. Like, I don't think I would be too super into it. I'd watch it, of course, as Star Wars okay. content. Yeah, but would I, like, sign a petition for it? No. Okay, cool. So, that was, yeah, that, and so that's all of the movies that are planned uh, for, I'd say, like, the next decade. So we have cool. six, uh, potentially seven uh, movies that are coming our way with various directors and producers. So we're going to move into TV shows. Mandalorian Season 3, we know that's coming later this year. To summarize, Mando is back with Grogu, which I think was a rushed reunion, by the way. I think yeah. that reunion should have been way more impactful because it just it just didn't have the weight that it should have had. Um, he has the Darksaber. I think he's going to go and try to retake Mandalore. I think he's going to learn to fight with the Darksaber somehow. Maybe someone's going to teach him. I don't know who. Um, he's got his, his N1 Starfighter. And I think other Mandalorian fi- uh, figures are going to come back into the fold, like Bo-Katan, who is in episode, or, uh, Mandalorian Season 2 and also The Clone Wars. And then Sabine Wren, who is in the Rebels TV show, she's gonna, I think she's going to hop back into it somehow. Yeah. Like All these Mandalorian characters that have been sort of in different pieces of Star Wars are going to come together, and they're going to try to retake Mandalore in Season okay. 3. That's your prediction? That's my prediction. Any prediction for Grogu? I don't know, man. I uh, I gotta say, like in episode seven of Bo- Book of Boba Fett, I feel like Grogu has such plot armor now that it's reduced his um weight in a scene because I know that nothing like nothing bad is gonna happen to Grogu. Mm, that's a good point. You know, like I, yeah. I almost want there to be because or Mando for that matter. Like remember that scene in season one where the Mudhorn like he's beat the shit out of Mando. And Grogu's just laying there in his little pram, like, yeah, you know, and all of a sudden, so Mando's got this knife, and he's ready to fucking die, and the Mudhorn's charging at him, and all of a sudden, Grogu lifts the thing up out of nowhere. It's like magic, but we thought, I mean, at this point, it's like, we didn't know anything about any of this. The Mandalorian's about to die, some, like, you know, and then he comes, like, Grogu lifts him up, and the Mando finishes him off with a knife, and it's like, now, though... I feel like they both have such big plot armor that there's no stake. Hmm. I feel like they need to be submitted through some like really significant hardship Trauma. to make it more grounded again. Yeah. Man, that's almost like where it goes back. Maybe you put Grogu, we like see Grogu's trauma or your 66 or something. I think I, I totally agree. With that. That's a really great point. Like there's no risk, right? They're not going to die. They're not going to kill off their Grogu's make, He makes Disney point. too much money. Right. No, they're not going to kill The fact them. they blew up the Razor Crest like they did, that was fucking yeah. wild. Well, they brought back the Naboo Starfighter. Like that's huge. Well, People yeah. love the Naboo Starfighter. Like right. maybe that was planned. No, I mean, dude, it's, I think, I don't, I don't think we're at the end with Luke in this story. I think mm. somehow it's going to get tied back in. Something happens to Grogu. I think somehow he still gets training with the Jedi because that's where he's most beneficial. He's not just some little puppet on the side, right? He's right. there to serve. I mean, he. What, okay, so let's talk about this. Episode seven of the Book of Boba Fett. Mm. I don't know if you took on this perspective, but the Force has always been like what you said with the Mudhorn. He lifted it up and then he Mando killed him. Yeah. Right? So that's always the use of the Force is for defense in an aggressive way defense where either i'm going to kill you in defense or i'm going to stop you slow you down so someone else can come kill you yeah grogu in episode seven with the rancor 
use the force to put it it. to sleep to calm it which we've never seen before and if we have fucking let me know but i think that the only time we've seen that in like a movie or a show so far uh is anakin in episode two when they're in the uh when they're in the 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 geonosis arena and he's got the handcuffs on Mm. he calms the oh right yeah he did he calms that creature before he jumps on it look at you Hey, I <laughs> but okay, well, fuck. But you. either way, though. But either way, though, it's not something that's like it's not known then, very well. And then all so of a sudden, we saw Ray. Like Ray's like, oh, all of a sudden, I can force heal shit. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I mean, but we yeah. have seen yeah. and we know that the force can calm Here we beings, go back to creatures, the whatever. You just have to kind of know where it comes from. <laughs> right. But I don't know where I was getting. I think Grogu is going to take a different approach. I still think he gets that Jedi training because that's where he's most useful and beneficial. Mm-hmm. So I think somehow he still gets Yoda's lightsaber. I think it's both. I think they set that up to where, you know, you didn't really have to choose. I think that's he what comes back in. I think yeah. they do go through some sort of trauma because uh, right now they're just having fun in their Naboo Starfighter, right? At the end, you gotta you know, think Grogu's like, like, one more, yeah. one more. Up until like, Grogu got captured, yeah, like nothing bad had happened to either one of them. Um, True. They hadn't really been separated. They had like, they've been through some crazy shit but nothing nothing bad happened and so that's why i want to see the stakes raised i want to yeah. see like a life-threatening situation where it's not just super easy for them to get out of like super easy barely an inconvenience for right like grogu to save Mandalorian, the mandalorian or or whatever like i just i want to see some struggle i want to see some yeah. hardship to bring it because i feel like right now they've blown that up which is which is you know it's built this relationship that we have but i want to see them like work for it a little bit more yeah i think i mean they have to ignite some sort of civil war i mean there's divisions right now because yeah. he's pulled off his helmet but he has the dark saber so like right. i think reuniting the, the mandalorians to retake mandalore is going to be the net is man i don't think they're going to retake mandalore in season three i think they're going to be bringing all of these groups together because they're all so fractured, and that's why the Mandalorians mm. fell so easily. Because they're all warriors, they're all badasses, but they all kind of have like the ch- the children of the Watch that the Mandalorian belonged to. Like that was part of a cult. Mm. Like the Death Watch was a literal Mandalorian cult, and that's why they believe you can't take your helmet off because it shows weakness and like all this other stuff. That's it, it's very cultish. So, um, it's gonna be Mando's job because he has the dark saber to bring everybody together and kick the fucking empire's ass. So the empire has control of Mandalore right now. They currently have control of Mandalore even, even after the empire Return of the has Jedi. fallen. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Right. So cool. it's, I mean like the Mandal the, the empire is still active. Like there's M- imperial remnants everywhere in the galaxy. Sure. Yeah, 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 yeah. And Mandalore was a super important place even though they basically nuked the shit to cuz they I mean they weren't going to beat Mandalore in a traditional ground war because the Mandalorians are badass. <laughs> yeah. So they nuked it. They just nuked it from orbit basically. Mm. Um so it's going to be really interesting to see what they mm. do with it, but I think there's going to be a lot of character development and I just want it to not be too easy. Like make it a little bit tough. Let's see some yeah. like let's see some real shit happen, you know what I mean? Yeah. Totally. So the next show that we're going to be looking forward to is the Obi-Wan Kenobi show which comes out May 25th, there's scheduled to be seven episodes, and I gotta say, and I think you agree with me on this, this is fucking hype. Like, this is maybe the most hype thing that's happening this year 
with Star Wars is the Kenobi show. We're seeing the return of Ewan McGregor as Obi-Wan Kenobi, which he was the best part of the prequels by far, bar none. I mean, yeah. say what you want about Padme. We can talk about that too, but like Obi-Wan carried that shit. Yeah. Um, let Hayden Christensen's coming back. There's allegedly a big rematch between Obi-Wan and Darth Vader. Um, I don't really know. I think we sort of talked about this the other day. My plot idea, I'm going to get your plot idea in a second. My plot idea is Obi-Wan's on Tatooine sort of guarding Luke and uh, an Inquisitor comes. So an Inquisitor was someone that was hired by the Empire that was Force-sensitive. They had multiple Inquisitors to go and find Jedi. When they found Jedi, they had to kill him. So an Inquisitor is going to come to Tatooine because there's going to be there's a rumor that there's a you know a Skywalker descendant somewhere on Tatooine, and so Obi Wan is going to run into this Inquisitor and then have to. I don't know if he's going to fight him or if he's just going to learn like he's going to know that like they know what's going on. Mm. So Obi Wan's going to learn that Anakin survived his encounter and is now Darth Vader. So Obi-Wan leaves the planet to finish what he started 10 years ago and finish Vader. So he's going to hunt Vader down and hmm. try to finish him. Um, so you think, yeah, okay. Because Obi, you I mean, he you doesn't know. Yeah, I don't think he, I think he thinks Anakin is dead. Because hmm. why wouldn't you? <laughs> like, yeah. at the Dude, end of, he was burned yeah, alive, burn. like no watch, legs. Like, Lieutenant Dan, you got no legs. I you got know? no legs. Well, Tomas Craig. <laughs> Dude. <laughs> That's going to be an emotional, oof. If that's because the case, in yeah. in a New Hope they talk about like, you know, the last time I was but a learner, now I am the master. But like that wasn't really true in that moment. I saw there was a video I watched about how their dynamic it still wasn't to that point. It was insinuating, hmm. or they could insinuate there was another interaction between hmm. Revenge of the Sith and a New Hope. Okay. So and the bottom line. I'm here for it. I'm trying yeah. to fucking see Darth Vader and Obi Wan Kenobi have a Hell duel yeah. again. <laughs> Hell yeah, dude! I don't give a shit. I'm here for it. <laughs> Hell yeah, man! I'm, I'm here for it too, and I'm I'm so excited for that. And I, I think that's where they this is this series because we thought it might be a movie. I think it's so much better that it's a, it's a series because we get seven hours and seven of, hours instead of yeah. two and a half, right? Right. I think it's coming at a perfect time where they've done the whole trilogy they've done a couple series already they know what they can do what works what doesn't what we want what we don't want yeah i think it's going to be i think it's going to be like claim de la claim so far for mm. star wars series yeah and that's my that's my hope for it i'm still going in like with the expectation of rise of skywalker where like all right let's see what happens but i think i'm going to be i think we're all going to be very happy and satisfied i think that i have no plot ideas i really don't I think what you say makes a lot of sense. Um, I'm just, I'm, I really would love to explore because Darth Vader has so far been behind a mask, except for Return of the Jedi, where we see him. He's just like old and crippled. Yeah. I would love to see him trying to heal himself, like take off the armor. Let's see the man, what's left of the man. He's I like think that would be huge. Yeah, huge emotional pull. Huge. And I think an emotional pull would be, yeah, him learning that Anakin is not dead. He's yeah. actually this new guy. And. It's it's all his and failings seeing and him, him like dealing that. with that. Yeah. yeah, seeing him like that, right? Because he created, I mean, realistically, you got to think like Obi-Wan created what Anakin turned into yeah, in a lot of ways. Totally, 
totally and he's got a, and that's part of the guilt that he lives with and that yeah. i think exploring that aspect of it is going to be the most interesting part of this series because it's it should be emotional it should be like obi-wan should feel guilty because he fucked up he promised qui-gon at the end of phantom menace that he would train the boy but he never gave a shit about anakin yeah. like i remember when he when they first took anakin on he's like why do I feel we've picked up another useless life form? Like, that's how he referred to Anakin oh, in yeah, The Phantom Menace. Qui-Gon was like the father figure mm. that Anakin never had. And mm. if Qui-Gon would have lived, shit would have been way different. But Obi-Wan was like his big brother. Mm. And like, a that's what it was. Way, right? To the council. Like, I mean, there's only so many seats on the council, maybe something like that. I think, yeah, that's a good point. Maybe they bring back Qui-Gon, too, as, like, a well, force yeah. ghost. Qui-Gon appears Obi-Wan to Obi-Wan to teach him how to transcend and to and become one with the force after sure. he dies. Because Qui-Gon was the only Jedi ever to become one with the force after he passed away. That's why he taught Yoda how mm-hmm. to become, like, you know, a force ghost. That's what they call is the force ghost. So Obi-Wan, Yoda, all learned that from Qui-Gon. Not mm. from anybody, like, Qui-Gon Jinn was, he was, like, that's why we talk about the Phantom Menace, like, uh, the Duel of the Fates, where they fight Darth Maul, that was the Duel of the Fates, like, that literally set the stage for the entire post-Republic, you know, yeah. universe. And that's Qui-Gon what's wild, movie. it makes that weight of that duel and that movie, like, because a lot of people make fun of that movie because it's, they think it's childish because Jar Jar Banks and, like, whatever, and uh, Jake Lloyd, who played Anakin, nobody liked him playing Anakin, but like seeing it in that lens, Anakin's just an innocent kid who needs a fucking father, mm-hmm. and Qui Gon was him, and he and like he died. Yeah, it's a tragedy. And Qui Gon was a uh, like a rebel in the Jedi Order. He fought to find balance, true balance, not like what Jedi said was ba- what the Jedi would say was balance, true balance. He would have taught Anakin about the dark side, about the pitfalls, about attachment, like the true nature of attachment, and shit would have been way different. I'm just gonna mm-hmm. like shit would have been way different. Sorry. You speak as if it's real. I mean, but yeah, I mean, it's it, real. It's, it's, it's real. <laughs> but it's a story, right? I mean, that that's the point. He had to die in order to make it such a compelling story. That's why we fucking do this every year. Yeah. Right. So. I think that's going to be a big exploration of the Kenobi series, and I hope it is. I hope that they bring back Liam Neeson as Qui-Gon in some way I don't know if they're going to but I hope they do because like I think it'd be cool they need to have that heavy weight of the guilt especially when when Obi-Wan finds out that Anakin is still alive and he failed mm-hmm. to ha- to know that he failed and to have that guilt like it's got to be there yeah we have to deal with some of these real issues like look at like WandaVision WandaVision dealt with some heavy fucking shit <laughs> Like, yeah. let's see Obi-Wan go through some of that. And Ewan McGregor, he's built for it, bro. Oh, he's ready. <laughs> he's a great actor. He's ready. I mean, Obi-Wan's him. He is Obi-Wan. He is I, Obi-Wan. I think going into, like, specific scenes, I'm just visualizing after, like, kind of hearing what you're saying, that he, yeah, he discovers that maybe Anakin is Vader, so he goes to Mustafar, like, where they first battle, mm-hmm. he's got his castle there, and he, like, sneaks in and, like, finds Anakin yeah. in a Bacta tank, but Anakin doesn't oh, know man. he's there, right? 
and he just sees or maybe it. Maybe he does. Like, he huge. like wakes up and his back to Hank. His eyes yeah. open yeah, up and they're like red and Sith like. Who fucking knows? And right? Obi Wan retreats and then they. Um, yeah, man. Yeah, I mean, there's wild. so much emotional pull there that like you see him for Anakin in that moment because he's just sleeping and peaceful. Yeah, and then he he's opens Vader. his eyes. There was Vader. a scene in he Star Wars up. Rebels where Ahsoka, which was Anakin's Padawan in the Clone Wars, Ahsoka fights Vader, and she doesn't know Vader is Anakin, and she, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. she's kicking his ass. She's like doing the thing, and she's beating him. She knocks off part of Vader's helmet, face yeah. mask, and you can see Anakin's face, and Ahsoka's like, Anakin? And he says something like, you know, I'm not Anakin anymore or something Anakin, like that. Anakin, yeah. you know, I killed Anakin or whatever. Yeah. yeah. And, but it's his voice. It's like Anakin's voice from the Clone Wars. It's not yeah. just the metallic, yeah. like James Earl Jones. And that moment, like, even though it's animated, like, that was like, oh. Yeah. Man. Like, <laughs> my heart. <laughs> and I think that yeah, seeing, totally. having that recreated, but with Obi-Wan instead, something mm-hmm. similar to that. Because that's one of the most emotional moments of any movie I've ever seen. Like, the scene with Obi-Wan Kenobi talking, like, screaming to Anakin, like, You were a brother to me! I loved you! And, like, you were supposed to destroy the Sith, not join them! Like, ugh. It's gonna to this, day, to this day can't rewatch that movie unless it's like an occasion with probably you. Yeah. I can't watch that movie by myself. I hate it. watching it by myself. It hurts no. every time. Yeah, but I'm I'm ready for like I'm ready for the pain, bro. Uh, to, show me it because you want <laughs> yeah. it. It's addicting in a way. Like you want it. I want to feel it. Because, I want to feel it. You know what's there? Just fucking show us so yeah. we can like make it real yeah. and not just made up in our head. And I think that yeah. the anticipation of seeing Obi Wan Kenobi again in a way that we all loved, and 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 bridging the gap between prequel Obi Wan and sequ- and original trilogy Obi Wan is gonna be, it could be amazing. I I hope it's amazing. <laughs> yeah, totally. And I think I think it will be. I think they're gonna deliver. So. They have to. I'm I think they know that's, that's the, most, the, yeah, the expectations, the gravity of the expectations for that are high. <laughs> yeah. Like, if they fuck that oh, up. Oh, yeah. And I think, th- I, I think they know. I think they know. And Deborah Chow, who directed some of The Mandalorian's best episodes, is coming back to direct the entire series, um, which is good. Oh, uh, she, nice. I think she directed cool. episode three yeah. and episode seven, chapter seven of The Mandalorian. So I think it's needless to say, Obi Wan Kenobi drops on May twenty fifth. It's gonna be great. I think just to see you and McGregor back again is gonna be great. Yeah, it'll be great. Just moving on to nothing else. Can't do anything, but (laughs) yeah, everything else that's not as good as Obi Wan Kenobi. (laughs) Um, There's gonna be the Cassian, yeah, Cassian Andor show, which is gonna be a rousing spy thriller coming out in twenty twenty two. So Cassian Andor was a main character in oh. the Rogue One show. So it's yeah, going to cool. be a lot of subterfuge, sabotage, and I, I, that's going to be cool. I think that's one of those things where it's like create, there's a lot of creative license that they're going to be able to take with that because that's nothing we know about. And Rogue One was dope. Rogue One is a cool movie. Yeah, yeah I love it. I mean, Rogue One is probably my favorite movie after they bought it. So yeah, great. Yeah, for sure. Like best, you know, two and a half hours put together. So yeah. far. I think that's where they can take some risks in that one is like, you know, let's try new shit, let's introduce new things and, and do yeah. different 
you know, twist some things, whatever. And, and, and we haven't seen a lot of the like spy stuff in Star yeah. Wars. That'll be cool. They cool. talk about it all the time, but we don't see it. Yeah. Like the counterintelligence. So that, that'll right. be And exciting. that's what Rogue One was. Cool. Yeah. Um, and then we're looking at Ahsoka, the TV show Ahsoka, mm. which is coming out. So Rosario Dawson is coming back as Ahsoka. She was Ahsoka in season two of The Mandalorian. Dave Filoni, who created the Ahsoka character for The Clone Wars, is producing and directing the show in its entirety, um, allegedly bringing back Hayden Christensen as well for that show. Also, wow. Grand Admiral Thrawn has reportedly been cast by the same guy who voice acted him, which is huge. Um, oh. So Grand Admiral Thrawn was a main, he was the main villain in the uh, TV show Rebels. And uh, in the extended universe, he was like probably one of the most epic villains of Star Wars. He's, he's cold, he's calculating, he's logical, he's brilliant. It's awesome. Um, and Ahsoka is hunting him. And in season two of The Mandalorian, she, uh, where is Grand Admiral Thrawn? You know, you remember that mm-hmm. one? She's fighting. Yeah, the, yeah, yeah. The lady has the Beskar spear. It's yeah. epic. Yeah, it's cool. Yeah. So that's. That's that kind of picks up after the Rebels season finale and season two of The Mandalorian, where she's hunting for Thrawn because Ezra, which was the main character of the Rebels TV show, uh, he became like a Jedi and transported himself and Thrawn somewhere into hyperspace into the galaxy we don't know. Hmm. So that's where I think that one's going is the hunt cool. for Thrawn, which is going to be dope. Um, Lando, the Lando TV show. Not much is known about this. We don't even know if Donald Glover's coming back as Lando. To be honest, I don't think it happens. Yeah, I don't like. I just <laughs> I don't see it happening. Yeah, honestly. I don't um, care. So I don't. Yeah, right. I don't really I'm, care either. I feel his really. Re- meh his, about that. his reemergence was cool, but yeah, again, I don't think there like needs the to be re- a TV show about it. Yeah, why? What's the story? It's like Solo was a cool story, but even then, like, okay, you're not Han Solo. As mu- as good as like it was, you're not Han Solo. Like, I think like Lando, Lando, yeah. Let like Land, let Lando be. Yeah, let him be. He's <laughs> so. he's a Burning Man. Okay, why do you have yeah. to thrust him back in? It was cool to see him. He's he's chilling, festival, yeah. pig and shit. Right. Anyway, <laughs> the pig and shit, man. You're loving that. It's fun, um, isn't it? One of the last shows that I think is going to be really interesting. It's called The Acolyte. And this is focused on a dark side force user during the later years of the High Republic. So this is set about 350 years before the Phantom Menace. It's mm. supposed to be like, I'm not going to say horror, but it's like horror-based mystery thriller focused around a dark side force user. I remember this one. Yeah. We've never seen anything about it, or ne- never seen anything like it. Um, but Disney did post an official synopsis, so we know what to expect. Okay. I'm I'm excited about that. I yeah, I think that they're going to be able to take that in whatever direction they want because the the dark side but besides like the really superficial explanations has never really been explored all that much in mainstream Star Wars except for in video games and most people like unless you played the old Republic uh Knights of the Old Republic video games you don't have a clue. Yeah. Um and so this is going to be really cool. I'm excited mm. about that. Cool. Yeah, I don't know anything about that. I remember, you know what's cool about this is what we're doing. Last time we did this, we were talking like this about Mandalorian. Yeah. And we're like, I you remember know, we Mandalorian coming even out. Come this out. could be yeah. this could be about uh this guy, a new character, right. and we don't really know much about it. And blah, blah, blah. Yeah, now look where we, we're at. We, yeah, when we make the next one of these, we're gonna be like the Obi-Wan Kenobi was shit, man. I yeah, fucking man. hated it. <laughs> or 
was amazing and it was yeah, like right. brought the world together <laughs> yeah that's cool ah, I'm um, for all. that sounds different yeah the acolyte should be cool i think that's supposed to come out like 2023 or late 2022 i don't think it's going to be 2022 because uh mandalorian season three is going to be late 2022 like november mm. or december so okay. and then you know soka is like mid like fall 2022 um man there's a lot coming out this year yeah and then on top of okay. that we have bad batch season two so the bad batch is an animated oh, yeah, series baby. which is a continuation of the clone Wars, sort of focused on a group of special commandos clone force 99 uh, I love that shit, Bones. I know you haven't gotten into the animated stuff. I, as much. I, I can't get into animated stuff. I tr- I've yeah. tried. I mean, I've tried a lot. I they they reintroduced the Republic Commandos into season mm, two or season one commanders. of the Bad Batch. I got hype fuck about that. Cool. Yeah. So all I put for my notes and that was yes, like yeah. sure, I'll watch it. I don't know if it's gonna be like it's probably not gonna be must watch TV, but it'll be mm-hmm. entertaining. Um, real quick, we're gonna rock through some video game stuff. So these are upcoming Star Wars video game projects. Lego, the Skywalker Saga, looks fucking awesome. It's going to be co-op. They have hundreds of playable characters. All all nine Star Wars movies, like story-driven missions where you get to make choices and interact with people. It looks legit. Wow. And it's co-op. That's more than I thought. (laughs) It's Lego. Yeah, man. (laughs) That's crazy. Yeah. I didn't know it was that expansive. I thought it was yeah. just like a little let's just throw the dust No, off. it looks legit. Cool. And you get to fly all these ships and like I said, hundreds of playable characters. So hmm. super Who's going to be the cool. weirdest playable character, do you think? The most a, like a, a weird, gonk like... droid. Okay. Yeah, cool. a gonk droid, I bet. Great. Yeah. <laughs> um, the other video game that's coming out, and I think it's going to be next year, um, is called Star Wars Eclipse. This is set in the High Republic. It's going to be a story-driven game, potentially with decision-making that impacts storytelling, so you get to make decisions that affect the way the story goes, which I'm all about that. Um, This probably is going to be a little bit more dark side-focused. Very little is known about it, the actual plot, besides the trailer looked fucking sick. So if you haven't seen the Star Wars Eclipse trailer, Bones, if you haven't seen it, Go and watch it. It looks awesome. There's a lot of drum banging and shit going on. Oh, that one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it yeah they're like banging wild, on the drum. Like yeah. Tarzan-y shit. Yeah, yeah man. It looks, it looks cool. I don't know. I have no idea. I'm there for it, though. I'm all sure. about it. Yeah, it um, cool right now. Like, I know, the trailers yeah. are the best part of all this shit, so we'll see. True. It's true. The Sorry. Knights of the Old Republic remake. So Knights of the Old Republic came out originally in 2004. Um, one, probably the best Star Wars game ever made uh, yeah. as far as like storytelling and all that stuff goes. They're remaking it, so new graphics, new uh, control elements, making it a little bit more user-friendly because it, like, play it now and it's really clunky and old, but the story is still amazing. Like, the story that they tell is so good. But that's Great. being remade, and it's only going to be for PS5 at first. I think they're going to have to do it for Xbox because, like, more money. You know, yeah. they're going to make more money, <laughs> money, money drives. So, uh, that's going to be, that's going to be super cool. I'm excited about that. Great. Jedi fallen order two is going to be coming out relatively soon. So first, the first Jedi time. fallen Order, Yeah. It like, it was good. Cal Kestis set five years after uh, revenge of the Sith mm-hmm. was a great game. Had a lot of great story points, like fun lightsaber play. It was awesome. It was the best star Wars game in a long time. Uh, so Really excited about that. Yeah. Uh, cool. Respawn. So Respawn was the uh, studio that made Jedi Fallen Order 2. 
they have a couple other Star Wars projects coming. They're going to be doing a first-person shooter that we know nothing about. Hmm. So, could be Battlefront. Could be Republic Commando 2. We don't know. I mean, it could be anything. Yeah. Uh, give it to me. I want it. <laughs> Put it under my tree. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, Respawn has done a good job with Star Wars so far. Yeah. EA is not involved. I love it. They're also going to be producing a Star Wars strategy game, which we haven't seen in a long time. Like Halo so, Wars. Yeah, it could be like Halo Wars. Could be. I mean, we don't. I don't know. Cool. But if yeah. it's like Halo Wars, Halo Wars was fun as fuck. So I'm all. I'm all about that. Mm-hmm. Um, and then last but not least, Ubisoft, which is known for Assassin's Creed, uh, The Division, and I mean tons of other titles. They're going to be making an open world Star Wars adventure. Oh, cool. Which could be seriously amazing. Kind of like Fallen Order is open world, isn't it? It is, but it isn't at the same time. Like, okay. you're like in a you map. You follow your shit, but you know, it's kind yeah. of, you can go where you're you like, want. You're in a map that you kind of, like, there are you, open world decisions, but it's not really like open world, like, you're on a planet, you can go anywhere on the like planet. Like infinite. I think. Yeah, it's not, it's not really like infinite even. Oh, okay. This is going to be like an open world adventure, like Assassin's Creed. So There's think different levels Creed. to Fallen Order. Yeah, man, that okay. was so frustrating because you couldn't fast travel back. You had to like traverse back. That was the worst part of that whole yeah, game. Yeah. Okay, well, <laughs> like I get down cool. into this cavern and I have to walk back out. Yeah. That could so, be cool though. To yeah, open. Think, world. Like I think of assa- the best Assassin's like Creed. Mass Effect, yeah. Or yeah, I mean Mass Effect Andromeda. What? set it in a Star Wars universe and give me an open world where I can make decisions do awesome shit man I'm all about it so that is your yearly weekly warrior Star Wars synopsis it's the state of Star Wars yeah and I know we went pretty long on this but I think a lot like this is it was more like connected to react like our what we're about than what i thought we were going to get into yeah so. this is it was great i'm gonna be honest with you we've been drinking whiskey for an hour and a half i gotta piss like a fucking racehorse until next week everybody That's thanks for I'm joining sp- us spitting in my fucking chair uh buy buy meat from Apsy farms and do good <laughs> shit with your life <laughs> we'll see you next week <laughs>